0: to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro. A show by photographers for photographers. A show dedicated to photography and business. Today's show was made possible by Camera Canada. Shop online for your equipment at cameracanada.com. And here's Petro and Sophia. do you remember last year I contacted you about this girl named Jenny? Um, She lives in London. She was going to uh, Western University slash the University of Western Ontario. Um, And she was really, yeah, she was really interested in photography. And she contacted me because I also worked at the Western Gazette, which is where she's working now. Um, She just wanted to learn more about running a photography business. Um, So you remember that, right? Yeah, I do. Well... Um, Just this weekend, she went to Cincinnati, Ohio um, to cover a Donald Trump rally. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How cool and scary is that?
1: (laughs) Not something I'd want to do, that's
0: for sure. Exactly. Well, today we're going to be talking with Jenny about her experience covering a Donald Trump rally. Um, But before we get to our conversation with her, what the heck is new?
1: Well, something that's new on this episode is going to be my dog, Tank, chewing his uh, rubber bone in the background. Oh, good. <laughs> it's either that or him breathing heavily um, into the microphone. And, uh, you know, it's only been a week since, uh, since we last talked, so not a whole lot of time for new things to come up. But um, I'll tell you right now, uh, didn't get to sleep till 4 a.m., uh, uploading nice. weddings, yeah, you know, we use this third-party uh, hosting service for our galleries called Shootproof, and I've tried other things in the past, but uh, this one seems to work really well. And um, I, uh, Hannah, uh, edited two weddings last uh, yesterday, just last night, and just finished them. Uh, this is uh, after we had a full day of work, and um, I haven't really uh, played with it too much lately. But they they just got a new Canadian lab. And so I was setting up price lists and uh, uploading photos, and I must have had uh, the wrong kind of tea uh, because I, I stayed up till almost 4 a.m. So if my voice sounds a little groggy, that's because I uh, didn't go to sleep really <laughs> on time. <clears throat> but what's keeping awesome. me up, uh, not not business related, is uh, we're trying to sell our, um, uh, rather we're getting ready to sell, getting ready to list our other house, um, we we were initially going to rent it out, but decided it's probably better to sell at this point. And uh, the reason that we ended up with two houses is because I do a lot of photography for real estate agents. And as a result, I get to see a lot of homes that are to be listed uh, f- before they're even listed, because I'm I'm the first one through, I get to take the photos. And so the, the house we currently live in, uh, a real estate agent called me and said, hey, I'm new to the city. I'm friends with uh, Jim McFadden, who's a real estate agent in London, who I use for everything. And uh, she said, uh, he recommended you and I want you to come and photograph this house in Kamoka. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to go with Kamoka, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when I came out here, I pulled up to the house and it doesn't look like much from the outside. I just thought, oh my God, I don't really want to go photograph this house now. But the minute I walked in the door, I was my mind changed and I literally said to the agent, you know, I'm still gonna shoot this house, but I'm gonna put an offer in. And so we put in an offer, we bought it, we, we still have the other house and now we're trying to put it on the market. And it's a lot of uh, long days, 10, 12 hour days of painting walls, Painting trim, doing landscaping, all of this stuff that you don't realize really needs attention when you're sort of living in the house and you're content with a lot of things. But when you're about to put it on the market, you're like, "Yeah, this is this is something that needs attention." So yeah, you sent me short, a
0: picture. You sent me a picture of that wall that you did. It looks really cool.
1: Thanks. So you know, I have to wear different kinds of uh, hats: uh, photographer hat, podcaster hat, <laughs> uh, home renovator hat. Yeah, uh, many hats. Um so anyways well i can go on forever about what's new in that respect but uh, <laughs> uh let, let's keep it str- uh, to photography um
0: well in that case like this weekend i was strictly wearing the photographer's hat Nice. <laughs> i had four shoots i had a shoot saturday and then i had three shoots on sunday um during all of the rain which was fantastic
1: we <laughs> very we enjoyable had, i mentioned we had a Engagement shoot on the Tuesday last week, but it turned out to be on a Sunday, which was yesterday, and then we got rained out. So now it's sometime in the near future, maybe next Sunday.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah,
1: so actually last week um, I, I did pick up the camera to photograph two houses, uh, but uh, nothing, nothing other than that um, happened. Well, and obviously on the uh, last week also during... During my teaching assignment, I also picked Mm -hmm. up the camera and, but uh, nothing, nothing new in the studio, really. Uh, A lot of print orders that came in, a lot of print orders going out and uh, just getting, just keeping busy. Uh, So nothing interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely have something interesting. Mm. I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook, but... On Saturday, I was photographing a finisher um, for the Obstacle Course Racers World Championships.
1: Uh, yeah, I did, so, I, did see, I did see something about that.
0: Yeah, so if you think about Tough Mudder or Spartan Race, these are all the people that have won those. <laughs> oh, okay. um, it was really cool to see so many people from so many different countries competing in this. And um, some of them were struggling, some of them were really doing well, but I mean, I would have... I would have been a mess doing it, but it was really cool to watch.
1: So I always thought, well, rather, uh, I thought that the coolest thing would have been is if they set you up right in the middle of the course as an obstacle to photograph. Them.
0: <laughs> get around the photographer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they had. Um, it was kind of frustrating. I was supposed to be photographing this guy finishing, and they actually had blocked off um, the finish line so that I couldn't get. Um, a view of him coming across the finish line uh, of his face what's the point um, so of that i know well they they had their own photographers right oh, but okay, um thankfully i got him doing the last two obstacles um, and then ran to sort of where the finish line was and got a photo of the back of his shirt which had his name on it which was really uh-huh. cool and then they let me go in and take a picture of him um, under all the flags and everything so that was also pretty cool
1: where, where um, was he from
0: He is from New Zealand. He lives in BC now, but he was running for Team New Zealand. Mm. Yeah. Still can't figure out the difference between the um, New Zealand accent and the Australian accent. As far as I'm concerned, they are exactly the same. But if someone would like like to call us up and explain to me the difference, I would really appreciate it.
1: How do you describe an accent? I don't. (laughs) don't, I'm not even going to attempt. Just so I don't offend anybody, I'm not going to attempt to do an (laughs) accent right now. But I love the Good. New Zealand accent. I think it's really funny. Yeah,
0: no kidding. It if, is.
1: If you should, there's there's a couple of shows out there you can watch. Um, watch Flight of the Concords. Those guys are from New Zealand. And then you'll, heard you'll get the little su- sudden, um, subtle nuances. And uh, I can't speak this morning. Uh, you'll get the little <laughs> subtle differences. You'll really see them. And that show is yeah. really funny to Kind of make fun of the New Zealand accent and yeah. uh, New Zealand culture. It, y- have you seen it before?
0: No, I haven't.
1: You should. You should really just watch a couple of episodes. It's really funny. <laughs> I have a feeling it's uh, it's going to be right up your alley, as far as the, the comedy and and the I'll content and everything yeah, like I'll, that. So
0: I'll definitely look it up. So anything else um, so new and
1: exciting in the studio?
0: Yeah um how do i sound petro
1: mm, you sound great
0: yeah thanks for the new microphone
1: <laughs> sure <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> i think i sound much better after you know a little bit of tweaking and figuring out how to actually turn the gosh darn thing on but yeah i should yeah. the audio of this episode should improve considerably i hope
1: so it's gonna yeah. be so good that you'll literally hear tank chewing on his bone this whole
0: time. <laughs> so um. the other thing is we have gotten our first review which no, i think right. is awesome um and i would like to get a lot more of those so if the people listening are absolutely in love with our podcast and what we have to say um you can leave us a review on itunes uh by going to double exposure show slash itunes and that'll take you right to um the, our podcast in itunes you can subscribe and you can leave us a review there
1: nice so we yeah. got a review on itunes
0: um we got it on stitcher actually okay and i have no idea who it was who left it but
1: so nice to see it is is
0: that
1: do you think that's as popular as itunes
0: maybe um stitcher is another pretty popular podcasting platform yeah um yeah i would say you know second um to itunes nice
1: and yeah, where I've would Google Play be? Because right? we are also on Google I have Play.
0: no idea, but we're on there as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. Yeah. I gotta admit.
0: So I think I- we're just about ready to talk to Jenny. All
1: right, there's Jenny. Jenny or Jen. What are we calling you today?
0: Jenny. Jenny J.
1: Jenny. Perfect. Jenny J. How are you doing?
2: Great. How are you?
1: I'm great. You look great. Uh, I was expecting you to look a little rougher
0: coming back from a Trump rally. <laughs>
2: you know what? I I was I was okay. It could have been a lot worse.
0: Yeah. Oh boy, it sounds like you have some interesting stories. That's for sure. Um, but can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and be reasonably descriptive? Because as people cannot see you while we can, um, yes. I think I think it's important that people have a full understanding of why it was. Um, Maybe so frightening for you to go to a Donald Trump rally. Let's, um, let's
1: let people know what you know, who you are, and yeah.
2: uh, every aspect yeah. of the of the circumstances. Yeah, of course. Um, so, just give me one second. Um, so, um, I am a photographer, first and foremost. I'm a photographer, I'm a journalist, um, and I am a very small, very short a tiny little brown girl, born and raised in uh, Mississauga, Um, now living in London, Ontario. Um, But yeah, so for me, being like a very visible minority, um, you know, the short, very visible brown girl thing, um, going to a Trump Mm. rally was uh, definitely like, even before I went, my mom was like, are you sure? Are you gonna be okay? Do you have security for you? Um, (laughs) And I was like, mom, it's okay, it's gonna be fine. But yeah, so I am like a photojournalist, I am like a writer, Um, going to the Trump rally itself, like that was just an opportunity that I went for, didn't expect anything to come of it didn't expect the media passes to come through, and they totally did the day before the rally. So it was a very last minute decision to like rent a car, drive down to the States and do it. So yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You went all in.
0: You
2: guys drove? We drove. We got the media passes. Like, they came through at 1 o'clock on Wednesday. We we had to be there for the rally, like, the next day, um, like, at 4. So Mm -hmm. it's a good six-and-a-half-hour drive from London. But you factor in stops and food and all that becomes, like, eight-and-a-half hours. Um, so yeah, so we rented a car, drove through the night, uh, got there at about five in the morning, slept for like three hours at the hotel. Oh boy! And uh, um, yeah.
1: So so here's you what I'm you went down about, with, uh, oh, go ahead. because I d- I'm don't even know, but you describe yourself as a brown girl. What is your ethnicity? What's your what's your background?
2: Um, so my parents are born and raised in Sri Lanka. So, um, I'm like Southeast Asian. Um, I'm half Sinhalese, half Tamil, which are like the two cultures in Sri Lanka. But yeah. Um, so I'm first generation Canadian.
1: Okay. But definitely a visible minority, that's for sure.
2: Definitely, definitely a <coughs> visible minority. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so before before you tell us more about the actual rally itself, I'm I'm really curious, do you do you get treated any differently when you in in Canada than you do in the US when you do the stops and you know, when you're actually doing the everyday stuff, like when you stopped at a hotel, when you stopped at a service center, when you um, went to grab a coffee?
2: No, I wouldn't say so. I, when we, everywhere we stopped, we told them where we were going and what we were doing and they all, they looked at the group of us and the group of us was like, there's me, there's like a bearded, like pure, Persian man who looks very Middle Eastern. There's like another like small black girl, like one guy who's very um, uh, outwardly, gay, um and then like you had we had like one like tall white guy. So besides him, we were all visible minorities. So they looked at the yeah. ragtag team of us and were like, Jesus, good luck. Like we wish you the best. <laughs> um so that was that was definitely like once they knew where we were going, like even the people at the border were like, Are you gonna be okay? Like, who sent the team of you down there? Um so that was that was definitely it. But um I mean there's lots of racism everywhere you go. It just depends on the circumstances who you're surrounded by. I've had it in London, I've had it in England, I've had it in the States. Um, the strip was really good for the fact that nothing really happened. Um, yeah. But I, I didn't see any difference um, between like people who treated me any differently there versus someone who might treat me differently here because they're a little bit more ignorant.
1: Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I, I don't know why, but I was really curious about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially given <clears throat> the current political... <laughs> Um, circumstances in the states right now, like with Donald Trump running for presidency, um, everyone feels seems to feel a little bit more comfortable being racist, yeah. Um, yeah, um,
2: uh, I definitely got a lot of looks, um, yeah. at the Trump rally. I was definitely the only mm-hmm. brown girl there out of like what 15,000 people, I did not see a single other, um, Jeez. like. Southeast Asian, Middle Eastern person. Um, there were a few people um that were like basically black. Um, but they were like part of a, like blacks for Trump like, you know, like that's where they what where they came from. Um but even then there were so few people of color. Um and I was definitely like, I didn't see a single other brown person there.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, I've heard um, some accounts from journalists having negative experiences just for being a woman mm-hmm. at a Trump rally. Um, I don't know if you would be able to differentiate between your experiences um, based on your um, ethnicity or your sex, but
2: well, here's the thing: what... I was not only I'm not only brown and not only a female, but I'm also a journalist. So I was in the media section yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. I got so many looks and to, like, to understand, like to figure out why they were looking at me or why they were the way they were towards me. Like I couldn't tell you if it was because I was in the media or because, I mean, I definitely got looks because of my skin tone, you, but no one said anything. That's what I was
1: curious about. If anybody actually came out and blatantly said, hey, I whatever they had to say to you
2: the only thing that i that happened um that was a bit like when i heard it i was like oh okay um was i was walking through the crowd i had my camera up i was just trying to get a like panning shot and um i just had a group of guys that kind of behind me and they were like like you should hit her and like they were like go for it like you should hit her and like um i had one of my friends uh who was with me behind me like following me and i was like did i just hear what i think i heard and um he was like yeah, like we're gonna move on. Um, so that that part was a bit like, oh, okay, cool. It's no big deal. Um, but other than that, uh, it wasn't too vocal. They, people weren't too vocal. So,
0: what kinds of looks did you get?
2: Well, I was also doing my filming with the Middle Eastern guy, and he's got a huge beard. So for people yeah. who don't know any better, like when he's asking questions about questions about like ISIS, like they like look at him and they look at me and then they look at him. Um, and so, and, like, the two of us together, like, he looks Middle Eastern, like, I'm very brown, like, they were almost a bit scared when they were answering the questions, especially about, like, um, oh, like, what do you think we should do about ISIS? And they were just, they, like, looked at us, like, carefully before, like, answering. Um, so that was definitely, that you, you could just tell. Like, I don't know even how to explain it, but it's when, like, all the eyes in a room are on you and you just feel it, that's what it was like being there.
1: Did you feel safe being there?
2: Um, not when, like, okay, so there was one point, so Trump already like, come on stage or whatever, and then the rest of the media comes through. We were, like, already, like, locked in within, like, the media bit, and then when all the media comes through, everyone turns and, like, looks at us, and, like, they start to, like, shout, like, chant, and, like, tell the truth, like, tell the truth. And you just, you know when you go to a concert and you feel it in your ribcage? Like, you feel the bass in your ribcage? You felt people's chance In your like Like it just like Filled the entire stadium It was deafening And like They're all looking at you In the media box And like You just They look like Like the crowd mentality Like they look like They're about to beat you up Like if there was not That like sense Like stopping you Like they would come over And like hurt you So Yeah terrifying. you definitely
1: <clears throat> felt the hate
0: Yeah terrifying Oh my goodness no. Um did you, you so you were scared basically that's what you're saying
2: yeah like in that moment i was like this is crowd like mob mentality like this is crowd mentality. like if you put if someone had taken hillary clinton and stuck her in the middle of the room she would not be alive like that's a much like hate like towards her towards like journalists like that's how much it, it was but afterwards at the end of it like when you're interviewing people they totally were about like being on TV or like being filmed because they want to be able to show how proud they are of being fans of Donald Trump. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Hey Jenny, I so have a question many... for you. Um, what made you get into photography? What made you get into uh, journalism, photojournalism? Um, what, when did you wake up and say, this is what I want to do and why?
2: Um, okay, so definitely at one point when I was 13, I wanted to be a photographer. Um, my parents only had a little film camera that like had a wide and a zoom setting and it was just the two settings and um, I was always playing around with it and I was like mom dad no, we should buy a digital camera like And my dad was like if I buy this like are you really telling me you're gonna be a photographer? And I was like you know what dad you never know um, And I was like 13 at the time <clears throat> And I really liked it like loved it um, Kind of stuck with it all the way through uh, It was just a recurring thing Um Went to Western for film and creative writing, uh, changed my major to English. Um, but in first year, I found the Western Gazette, um, mm-hmm. and so that like opened my eyes to like the world of journalism. I was an arts and life editor, um, and then I just I think I realized that like I wanted to be able to be a photographer, and like I still enjoy writing, but I wanted I didn't want the pressure of always having to write. Um, and photography is what I love, so I switched over. I was a photo editor here. Um, last year, actually, I realized how much I hated school, how much I loved what I did as a photographer and that I wanted to do it full time. So I like actually spoke to Sophia about like, Hey, I want to do this in the real world. How plausible is this? And can I make it? Um, so like, this is like the start of me working full time as a photographer and like freelance writing and stuff.
1: Well, that's excellent. And it's nice to have you on today. And I'm glad we get to talk to you about this and discuss a lot of things. So, but my follow up question to that is Did you at any point, uh, well, what did you want to do? Did you want to be a journalist or did you want to go into a different field? Like, or did you want to do portraiture, or weddings, or commercial photography, fashion photography, whatever?
2: Um, so, I do a lot of portraiture and like fashion photography, um, it's what I love. Um, it's what I'm good at. I <clears throat> enjoy shooting people. So no matter what, if I'm shooting people, like I'm happy. Um, capturing yeah. emotion, capturing moments. Um, I would really love to get into weddings. The uh, idea of getting into weddings though, was such a catch-22. They won't hire me if I don't have experience. I don't have experience, so I won't get hired. Yeah, yeah. yeah um,
1: hopefully, we'll cover that in the future on another episode. But
2: yeah, yeah. So being a, like a new photographer in that sense, um, is really difficult, but I get like lots of gigs with like just shooting portraits of people, um, shooting like models who want to start in the fashion world, um, right. stuff like that. So that's really awesome. Um, like come a few years, like I just I wanna be I was at the Trump rally. I was like one feet like foot away from like Pulitzer Prize winning New York Times photographer and all I could think about was like I'm right next to them. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I want to be there. Like, I just want, that's going to be me in a few years. Like, I want to be that person.
1: So now would you say you're pretty heavy into the journalism side of things? You actually want to pursue that more? And
2: Um, I would say it's 50-50. Like, I just, no matter what I'm doing with photography, I want to tell a story. Um, yeah. And that is what photojournalism is, right? Answer. Um, So whether I'm shooting people, like, I want to tell their story. Like, whether, I'm, you know... Um, shooting fashion series, like I want to tell a story about like the fashion industry or about the models that are doing it. Like as long as I'm doing something with my work, that's where I want to be.
1: So, did you ever think at any point that you know your <clears throat> passion for shooting people is going to land you somewhere that we're you know in an arena full of people who love shooting people for <laughs> being <Dean> brown?
0: <laughs> oh, that's so not funny, but it's funny. Oh. <laughs> Send
1: all a- the hate mail to me.
0: <laughs> I need a
2: moment to, like, stop printing at that. Um, no, <clears throat> I never, I've never in a million years, like, I've been, like, watching the debates. It's just, you know what, I just, no, never. But so, that, like, to be there was incredible. And um, the next day, I was at Obama's rally as well. And to be like, I just saw the president of the United States while he was president. Um, just, just That's pretty cool. Incredible things that I never <clears throat> get to. Now, how
0: yeah, did you yeah. feel? Hold on, Petra. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> how did you feel? Um, what was the difference between being at the Trump rally and being at the Obama rally? Huge,
2: huge, huge, huge difference. Um, like Obama, like people just wanted to listen <clears> to <throat> him. Sorry, my voice is like going. Um, people just really wanted to listen to him and like you know there wasn't chanting there was like one point where he was like Hillary Hillary like only when like there was um, someone who had a sign saying like Bill Clinton is a rapist and then he was like get him out of here but (laughs) other than that like Obama just had a presence and he just wanted to listen there were so many people of color at the rally there were teachers from Islamic schools there were You know um, just every it just felt like being in Canada it felt like we were home there was such such a difference Um, everyone was really calm during the whole thing they like hung on to like his words whereas like being at the Trump rally was like being at like the best concert of your life (laughs) and that sounds so strange because like I'm not a Trump fan but at the end of it I felt it I felt like the power of Trump and that's terrifying to like know that you like feel the energy and like i felt patriotic to a country that i don't belong to and like that's what trump does
1: you mean obama <laughs> no
2: no no. i mean i mean trump and oh, like for yeah. obama it was like oh i see what are saying like at obama it was just like this is someone that i want to listen to this is someone who has educated me i have like seen the light like you know like mm-hmm. you, it's just you're listening to the president and you feel like the power that he holds um whereas like after trump like it was like a really 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 good like concert i don't know like i just euphoria that you feel at the end of it you know what i
1: compare it to i compare it to going to see russell peters except trump is being serious
0: yeah yeah
1: you know what i mean yeah it's so you so it's it's true it's like a concert Mm-hmm. but i can't even wa- i can't take the guy seriously i can't watch it on tv or online more than five minutes
2: it's... but here's the thing and this is what i think journalists don't talk about this is what i would like like to address is there is an element of distance that the screen puts on that when you're watching him on tv you don't like there it takes it takes the um element of whatever he's got going and it pulls you back into reality a bit so you can look at him and say like he is a joke but when you're there and when you hear him speak um you know in your brain that it's all like just awful and like he thinks stupid things but you feel that like he makes you feel like he wants to do great things for the country you like you can you i would believe him just being in a room with like that kind of energy
1: i think (laughs) it's the venue itself too that helps pardon I think it's the venue itself, the rally yeah. itself, yeah. right? Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's the venue, it's the people, it's the chanting, it's the, you know, like everyone feels like they're a part of something big.
0: You know, I'm I'm looking at um, the two photos that you posted on Facebook um, from the Trump <laughs> rally yeah. and from the Obama rally, and the difference yeah. <laughs> is quite substantial. First of all, um, well, in both photos, um the subject, Trump and Obama, are pretty much directly in the middle of the photo. Yeah. Um, and Obama is surrounded by American flags and people of all different colors and a whole lot of blue. Um, um, a whole bunch of, um, sorry, signs with the same message, which is strong together. Yeah. And then you look at the Donald Trump photo. And he is surrounded by a whole bunch of angry-looking people holding their phones up, taking photos, clapping, screaming, and holding up a whole bunch of red signs. Yeah. Um, saying, make America great again. It's so aggressive. Oh, it's crazy. And the difference in the faces of the people in the Trump um, photo and the people in the Obama photo is pretty substantial as well. Yeah. Um, they're just different people and it's so white. Although I can't, I, I, I can see what is either a Brown man here or a very tan man, but, um, in, in the Trump photo, it's just so, yeah. yeah. And the Trump photo is just so white. And in the Obama photo, yeah. like you did a good job of getting a lot of variety of, of colors of faces, but, um, and Obama just looks so calm, cool, and collected. And Trump just looks. Angry. Trump looks. I don't know that I would say angry. I I might say smug. Um, he doesn't look impressed with anyone in the audience. Like it's weird. Um,
2: <laughs> but it's also completely random. But his hair is blonder in real life, more fake looking, <laughs> whispier almost. That's funny um <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> but yeah you know yeah. I'm,
1: I'm almost convinced that people at the Trump rally are there to get content for their YouTube channel
0: well you know what I said that <laughs> there's a whole bunch of cameras up of people taking photos and I think it's funny that you said that thing about the separation once you're looking at it through a screen mm-hmm. um, but like half the people in the audience at the Trump rally have their phones up and they're taking pictures and like no one at the Obama rally has a phone up. Yeah. They are all standing there, present, looking at him, yeah. listening to what he's saying. Yeah.
1: Well, there, there's people with their phones, but there, but- it's a lot less. A lot.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. You
1: no, know, it's it's funny, but it's true. Here's a man who has something to say. Uh, you something you want to listen to? Kind of like our podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so we're going to compare our podcast to Obama from now on. Yes. And <laughs> I'm looking at the the Trump photo, and yeah, it's just it looks like a an, an assembly in high school where nobody really wants to be there, but yeah. they're kind of they, they have to be there.
2: So they're they're just there with all of the signs. And yeah, completely. Uh, those two photos are probably like I, my nothing's going to be that. I could just end my career now no. that I've taken those two photos. Yeah, those are
0: awesome. <laughs> now, did either of them say anything about women? or anything about um, ethnicity that sort of Um, stuck out to you?
2: Obama did. Obama addressed his wife's um, speech that she made the day before. Um, And he said how proud he was of Michelle, like how proud he was to be, like, surrounded by Michelle, to have someone who could have such a strong voice. Um, And he said, like, you know, if you want to pass on the legacy, like... Do it for, like, do it, pass it on to Hillary. Um, And Hmm. Trump actually said something that really did stick out, um, which was very different than something, than the rhetoric of his entire campaign. And he said, you know, um, we're going to bring all of the people together, like, regardless of who they are and what background they come from, and make America great again. And that was the first time he kind of just actually included everyone together in one whole. Um, so that was very interesting. We were all just kind of stood there being like, huh, like that's different. Um, but Obama definitely, you know, he was like, he, this is the difference between like a good person and someone who is capable of running, like being the president. Yeah, no kidding.
1: It's really funny, but as we're getting closer to the American election, I'm finding that he's saying a, f- a lot less stupid things.
2: Mm
0: hmm. Uh, well like unless it was recorded years ago yeah Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: and like this whole thing about the fence um it's like nobody's talking about anymore as if it's never happened the the only thing that reminded me is uh, what's that
2: sorry the whole thing about
1: the building a fence between mexico and u.s oh the wall yeah the wall sorry um fence
2: there's already a fence
1: all right obviously
2: um apparently there's already a fence um no 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 but here's here's the thing they are still talking about it like the media isn't talking about it but he's talking about it His like fans are called talking about it like at at the rally he was like and we are gonna build a wall and who's gonna pay for it and like everyone like screams like mexico like (laughs) building a wall is a huge reason why people are still voting for him Um, but like media stopped covering it and I think a lot of people don't realize how much of all of those factors are huge into um, why people are voting for him like that temporary ban on Muslims like I had a like 8 year old kid tell me you know it's not a permanent ban it's just a temporary ban on Muslims until they learn how to vet them and he's like telling us to my face and I'm like oh Jesus kid like okay um and there are a lot of people as well that i think um, don't really realize but a lot of people who are voting for him because he's pro-life um Mm. and they're strong um, advocates for the pro-life group so they're people who Mm. legitimately just because he's the um, only candidate who's pro-life voting for him so yeah i think the media has done selective jobs on like covering why people are still there but it's again where the
0: interest is right So I would like to switch gears just a little bit and talk more about the photography aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling super guilty. We recorded our last episode um, before I saw your Facebook post about going to this thing. Um, And I said something about not wanting to go to the Covent Garden Market and photograph people um, (laughs) because I was too nervous (laughs) to pretend to be a photojournalist that one day for that one assignment. But you just went to a Trump rally with your camera as a short brown woman (laughs) and photographed a whole bunch of people who honestly probably feel very aggressive towards you yes um so how was that pulling out your camera and pointing it at real human beings who probably do not want you to take photos of them and then taking photos of them how was that um
2: so i was so scared that i did not take that many pictures of individual people just straight up Um, um i well first of all um i'm gonna preface this with i don't have like a 70 to 200 mil lens Um, I went with all my personal equipment. So normally, like, I would have, you know, borrowed it from, like, where I work. And we have, like, a 200 mil prime. We have that. So that would have been great to, at a safe distance, um, capture the emotions of these people, like the facial expressions and all of that. Would have been great. But I did not I had a 50 mil prime. I had to be in their faces. Um, So for for me to do that, like, people stare at you and glare at you and my heart was just racing. And like, I was with my friend and I was like, saying, I, forgot, I don't know if I can do this. Like, like how do you do it? How do you just, like, I just didn't know how to. Like, Cause it's, you know, like street photography when you're taking pictures of like strangers and like people in the streets, like, you know, they just, they kind of do their own thing. And like, you aren't, it's not very invasive and this felt invasive. And people made you feel like you were being invasive. Um so yeah no it was terrifying um, it was better when they were all like when Trump started speaking and then I could like pick a person to take a photo of from like the distance of the media box that was okay that was that was better um, at Obama though it was just it was incredible again like I got to talk to a few people interview a few people asked to take their photo afterwards um, And it almost like for a moment I was like I could be like, um, I could be I'm losing his name Brandon. Um, I've lost his last name. I can't remember his last name.
1: Talking about Brandon Vandercave.
2: Brandon Humans of New York. (laughs) I
0: um, I (laughs) just literally got a text message. Um, yeah,
2: no. Um, I was like I could be I could be Brandon. I could be Honey right now. And like I feel like I'm legitimate like i feel like i'm not you know faking the fact that i'm a journalist or a photographer um whereas in at the trump rally it was like "Eh!"
0: yeah yeah that's that's awesome yeah that's a lot better than being too terrified to do it yeah yeah (laughs) i still i still pretty much refuse to take photos of people at weddings while they're eating because they just hate it so much (laughs) You get some dirty looks. And I don't think any of them want to hit me, so. Yeah. It's my favorite (laughs) thing to do
1: when uh, bride and groom come up to me and say, you know, can you go around and take pictures of all the tables for us? And you're like, "Uh, I don't (laughs) want to.
2: No, uh, I definitely try to take pictures of people in the crowd. And then once they gave me the glare, I was like, oh, I'm just going to put my camera down and keep walking. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: So
1: here's my question for you would you do it again
2: oh yeah totally completely all
1: right in a heartbeat what would you do differently this time if you Um, you had to go back knowing what you know now what would you do to prepare yourself
2: um as a photographer i'd rent out a different lens um (laughs) just definitely like i was standing there so many times just wishing i had like a 70 to 200 um or you know just having that sort of reach So, um, or especially at the Trump Valley because there's so many people whose expression I wanted to catch or, you know, pictures I wanted to take where I wanted to be far enough away from them um, and still be able to take a good picture. And so definitely that, um, as like a person, I just.
0: As
1: a brown, short, (laughs) visible minority person.
2: um, I definitely go with maybe more people who were visible minorities because if I got looks on my own, like as a group, we we got huge, like just stares. Um, I would also definitely maybe train my face not to be so expressionable, because I was interviewing people, and like when like just some of the things they were saying, like I was just like, oh, oh okay, like I don't really know how to respond to that, and um, you can tell that I'm trying really hard not to laugh directly at you, because you sound like an idiot to me um so because the moment they see that you're laughing at them like it gets a bit scary as well um so yeah maybe train myself to be a little more expressionless um they bring a different camera lens with me um other than that it's just it's all about the experience right like you i'm never going to experience anything like that again like um i've learned so much i've like in like two days i have I feel like I've learned so much just about the world, about myself, about the fact that I'm also a real photographer, like I'm a real journalist. Um, that's also a big thing. And I think, you know, um, and I'm sure you've dealt with this struggle, or every photographer deals with the struggle of, like, how do you know you're a real photographer? Like, if you've never gone to school for it, if you've never gotten a credential for it, like, when does it happen? Um, and for me, like, that was one a big moment to be like, you know what, like, this is what I do. This is what I love to do. Um,
0: And this is me doing my job right now.
1: That's awesome. That's so huge.
0: Yeah. So So your photos and the story, I guess, they're going to be in the Western Gazette, correct? No, actually. Okay. Um, Where will they be? I don't know yet. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um,
2: Because, so um, I got it, like, the Gazette did not fund our trip. And I used my own equipment, so it was a freelance um, project that I went on. Um, so I am actually writing up a few pieces and uh, sending it to different news organizations to get published. Um, mm-hmm. Reason, just the reason being, um, once the Western Gazette publishes like my photos, they will own it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really in- love my photos, and I would like to keep ownership of it. I would like to keep mm-hmm. the rights to those photos. Um, but, like, the stories and stuff, like, I would just like to see, like, they're just bigger stories in a bigger contest than Western University.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Well, hopefully we can grab a few photos from you to um, add to our Facebook group. Is that, mm-hmm. is that good
2: with yes, you? Yes, of course. You're more than welcome to share them. It's just like the, I mean, in policy, Western Gazette policy, like, once yeah, they take it, definitely. they own it. So I was like, ah.
1: You should know this, Sophia. You did, uh, you worked for uh, the Western Gazette.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I did. So, yeah, it's just like a policy thing where I was like, I know what's in your policy, so therefore I'm just going to hold on a little tighter to these because I want to own the picture of the president. This
0: is, yeah, this is definitely something that all of the students need to know listening to us um, when you do and do not own your photos. Yeah. Um, Be sure that you're reading all of the paperwork um, before you're giving your photos away.
2: Yeah, definitely, especially if it's something you're proud of.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, So, Jenny, I wanted
1: to wish you luck with uh, getting published, uh, and I wanted to give you huge congrats and huge props for doing this. I know that it would be difficult for me, uh, and you know, sometimes I feel like a visible minority myself. I, I tend to be this chameleon that, no matter what group of people I'm in, they sort of think I'm one of them. (laughs) <laughs> if i like, go in a group of a, a bunch of greek guys they're they're like hey he's greek <laughs> you're I, one of the lucky ones the, well yeah well I, i'm a white guy with super black hair and super deep brown brown eyes um you know i, I even fit in uh in you know lebanese communities sometimes and, yeah. and uh italian uh but nobody really knows that i'm actually from ukraine okay and, um yeah. So long story short, being a white guy, I, you know, I would be afraid to go to a Trump rally not being a visible minority. Uh, and I'm talking about as a photographer.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: just because I think these people are just full of hate and they yeah. and any anything media related they are automatically is the enemy. So I I think huge props for Thank for you. Thank you so to, much. Uh, do, Thank do you. Honest.
2: So, so much. Um, I yeah, definitely...
1: And taking the, the photography skills you have with you to document this and to bring it back. And it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. very inspiring.
0: Thank you. So where can people find these two photos that we talked about? Um, I know they're on your Facebook page. Where can they find those? Uh,
2: the Double J Collective. So that's me as a photographer. They so go on facebook.com um, slash the Double J Collective. Uh, they're pinned to the top because they were staying there for a while because, again, <laughs> just never going to get better than that. Um, And then more stuff like as any articles come out um, that get published or if even if they don't, I will be sharing them on there as well. Amazing. I've got a few stories from the people I've talked to at the Obama rally that I really want to share and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And then we'll be grabbing some of your photos, we'll be putting them on uh, the Facebook group. And you're in our Facebook group, correct? So you'll be able to chat with people there as well.
2: Super cool. so if
1: anybody's got questions, feel free to send them. Send uh, them my way. Yes. I'd love to hear some feedback from others. Yeah, uh, for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah, if if anyone has any um, similar experiences or questions about um, being a photojournalist or, you know, (laughs) again... Sort of follow up to last week's topic on dealing with difficult people but um, being in a high stress environment trying to do your job as a photographer um, you can you can post some questions to our Facebook group so that's double exposure show on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Anything
1: else, Pedro? Yeah, I'm gonna say if any if anybody's ever thinking of uh, being a wedding photographer, <laughs> go photograph <laughs> a Trump rally. You'll be fearless.
0: <laughs> After that, I can you do will anything. be totally. Yeah. yeah you will and, be totally exactly. at ease. And, you know, it, it comes up
1: all the time. People always say, "No, it's so stressful." You know, and it, it's yeah. it, it's an event that that's coordinated to be perfect. You know, what what's to stress about? Yeah, and and <laughs> Then you compare it to something like a Trump rally, and <laughs> you're like, "That's stressful, you know. It's an event that's filled, uh, that's coordinated to be hateful, and and you're you're the target, so to speak." Yeah. So, but um, hey, I got a funny question for you. Yeah. It's a lot. It's my last question yeah. before we uh, call it a day. Sign off. Um, if you had to give a percentage of uh, ginger-haired people at the, at the Trump rally, what do you think it would be?
2: I would say mm, 35, 40%, 30%. Hey. There, yeah. was, there was yeah. a lot of gingers. And like gingers, like not just your, your casual ginger, but like gingers with huge beards. Like huge beards. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I, I'm like thinking about it now and I'm just remembering all the ginger beards I saw. So, so yeah, 30, 35%? Maybe. We have so, no hate for... for
1: gingers at all. Because I'd say about 35% of this podcast is ginger also.
0: yeah for those of you who don't know um i'm a redhead thanks petro
2: you're welcome (laughs) um no tons of redheads i do not have a big
0: beard and i do not support um donald trump
2: then we like you (laughs) we love
0: you awesome okay so again um if you want to find jenny j on facebook you can find her at um the double j collective if you'd like to join our Facebook group and chat about all of the fun stuff we've discussed today, um, you can find us at Double Exposure Show. You can also find Petro, myself, and Jenny on our Facebook group if you'd like to connect with us that way. Um, you can also email us at show at gmail.com. Is there anything else, Petro? When you have a chance,
1: I would love for all of you to give us a five-star review on iTunes. It will help us uh, continue our show. It will give us the motivation we need. Um, You know what? On the serious note, I'm receiving a lot of really good feedback that's motivating me to keep going and uh, to produce more content. And everybody seems to really love what we're doing. So high five goes out to everybody. and thanks for our first review on Stitcher. And uh, if you can, if you're listening to this and you want to hop over to iTunes and give us the beautiful five-star review and tell us why you love us and maybe even tell us what else uh, you want to hear, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, so you can do that at dot show slash iTunes. Yeah. And I think that's it for today. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you
2: so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's Brandy, been
0: awesome. Jenny, thanks Thank you. so much. You're welcome.
2: Take care.